0: You can support Sapphire Planet by visiting the online store at sapphireplanet.com. Welcome. Your journey is just beginning. are now entering the Sapphire Planet. in the sapphire planet. An aircraft carrier is a warship that serves as a seagoing airbase, equipped with full-length flight deck and facilities for carrying, arming, deploying, and recovering aircraft. Typically, it is the capital ship of the fleet as it allows a naval force to project air power worldwide without depending on local bases for staging aircraft operations. Aircraft carriers are expensive to build and are critical assets. Carriers have evolved since their inception in the early 20th century, from wooden vessels used to deploy balloons to nuclear-powered warships that carry numerous fighter planes, strike aircraft, helicopters, and other types of aircraft. While it is possible to launch heavier aircraft such as fixed-wing gunships and bombers, this has been done. From aircraft carriers, it is virtually impossible to land them on those same aircraft carriers. There is no single definition of an aircraft carrier and modern navies use several variants of the type. These variants are sometimes categorized as subtypes of aircraft carriers, and sometimes as distinct types of naval aviation-capable ships. Aircraft carriers may be classified according to the type of aircraft they carry and their operational assignments. Admiral Sir Mark Stanhope, RN, former First Sea Lord, head of the British Royal Navy, has said, to put it simply, countries that aspire to strategic international influence have aircraft carriers. As of October 2017, there are 41 active aircraft carriers in the world, operated by 13 navies. The United States Navy has 11 large nuclear-powered fleet carriers, known as supercarriers, carrying up to around 80 fighter jets each, the largest carriers in the world. The total combined deck space is over twice that of all other nations combined. As well as the fleet carrier, supercarrier fleet, The US Navy has in addition nine amphibious assault ships used primarily for helicopters. Although these these also carry up to 20 vertical or short takeoff and landing fighter jets and are similar in size to medium-sized fleet carriers. China, France, India, Russia, each operate a single medium-sized carrier with capacity from 30 to 50 fighter jets. Italy operates two light fleet carriers, and Spain operates one. Helicopter carriers are operated by Australia, which has two, Egypt with has two, France with has three, Japan has four, South Korea has one, and Thailand has one, and the United Kingdom also has one. The United Kingdom has a 280 meter, 920 foot supercarrier, HMS Queen Elizabeth, undergoing sea trials, scheduled to enter active service in late 2017. Future supercarriers are under construction or in planning by China, India, Russia, the US, and UK. Here are the basic type of carriers. Amphibious assault ships, anti-submarine warfare carriers, balloon carrier and balloon tenders, escort carrier, Fleet Carrier, Flight Deck Cruiser, Helicopter Carrier, Light Aircraft Carrier, Sea Control Ship, Seaplane Tender and Seaplane Carriers, and finally, the Super Carrier. A Fleet Carrier is intended to operate with the main fleet and usually provides an offensive capability. These are the largest carriers capable of fast speeds. By comparison, escort carriers were developed to provide defense for convoys of ship. They were smaller and slower with lower numbers of aircraft carried. Most were built from mercantile hulls or in the case of merchant aircraft carriers were bulk cargo ships with a flight deck added on top. Light aircraft carriers were fast enough to operate with the main fleet, but of smaller size with reduced aircraft capacity. Soviet aircraft carriers now in use by Russia are actually called heavy aviation cruisers. These ships, while sized in the range of large fleet carriers, were designed to deploy alone or with escorts and provide both strong defensive weaponry and heavy offensive missiles equivalent to a guided missile cruiser, in addition to supporting fighters and helicopters. Aircraft carriers today are usually divided into the following four categories, based on the way that the aircraft take off and land. First is the Catapult Assisted Takeoff Barrier Arrested Recovery, also known as CATOBAR. These carriers generally carry the largest, heaviest, and most heavily armed aircraft Although smaller Cadobar carriers may have other limitations, weight capacity of aircraft, elevator, etc. All bar carriers in service today are nuclear-powered. Two nations currently operate carriers of this type. Ten Nimitz-class and one Gerald R. Ford class supercarriers by the United States and one medium-sized carrier by France for a world total of 12 in service. Second is the short takeoff but arrested recovery, which is also known as STOBAR. These carriers are generally limited to carrying lighter, fixed-wing aircraft with more limited payloads. Stobar carrier air wings, such as Sukhoi SU-33 and future Mikoyan MiG-29K wings of Admiral Kinnanetsdorf, are also geared primarily towards air superiority and fleet defense roles, rather than strike power projection tasks, which require heavier payloads, such as bombs and air-to-ground missiles. Today, China, India and Russia each operate one carrier of this type, a total of three in service currently. The third category, short takeoff vertical landing or Stovall, limited to carrying Stovall aircraft. Stovall aircraft such as the Harrier jump jet family and the Yakolev Yak-38 generally have limited payloads, lower performance, and high fuel consumption when compared with conventional fixed-wing aircraft. However, the new generation of Stovall aircraft currently consisting of the F-35B has much improved performance. The U.S. has nine Stovall amphibious assault ships. Italy operates two in the light flight fleet role and Spain operates one amphibious assault ship as a Stovall aircraft carrier giving a total of 12 Stovall carriers in active service. Thailand has one active Stovall carrier but it no longer has any operational Stovall aircraft in inventory so is used as a, and counted as a, helicopter carrier. The United Kingdom is building two 70,000 ton Stovall supercarriers, HMS Queen Elizabeth and HMS Prince of Wales, the largest warships ever built for the Royal Navy. The first is expected to be commissioned in late 2017. And finally, the fourth category, the helicopter carrier. Helicopter carriers have a smaller or similar appearance to other aircraft carriers, but operate only helicopters. Those that mainly operate helicopters, but can also operate fixed-wing aircraft are known as stovel carriers. There are currently 14 helicopter carriers operated by seven navies that solely operate helicopters in commission today. Japan has four of this type, France three, Australia two, Egypt two, and the United Kingdom one, South Korea one, and Thailand one. In the past, some conventional carriers were converted and called commando carriers by the Royal Navy Some helicopter carriers, but not all, are classified as amphibious assault ships, tasked with landing and supporting ground forces on enemy territory. So here are the aircraft carriers by size. There are four of them. First and the largest is the supercarrier. Next is the fleet carrier. The third largest is the light aircraft carrier. And the fourth largest is the escort carrier. Several systems of identification symbols for aircraft carriers and related types of ships have been used. These include the pennant numbers used by the British Royal Navy and some Commonwealth countries the U.S. hull classification symbol, also used by NATO and some other countries, and the Canadian hull classification symbols. The 1903 advent of heavier-than-air fixed-wing aircraft with the Wright brothers' first flight at Kitty Hawk, North Carolina, was closely followed on November 14, 1910, by Eugene Burt Neely's first experimental takeoff of a Curtis Pusher airplane from the deck of a United States Navy ship, the cruiser USS Birmingham, anchored off Norfolk Navy Base in Virginia. Two months later, on January 18, 1911, Eli landed his Curtis Pusher airplane on a platform on the armored cruiser USS Pennsylvania, anchored in San Francisco Bay. On May 9, 1912, his first airplane takeoff from a ship underway was made from the deck of the British Royal Navy's pre-dreadnought battleship HMS Hibernia. Seaplane tender support ships came next, with the French Foudre of 1911. Early in World War One, the Imperial Japanese Navy ship Wakamiya conducted the world's first successful ship-launched air raid on September 6, 1914. A Farman aircraft launched by the Wakamiya attacked the Austro-Hungarian cruiser. SMS Kassirin, Elizabeth, and the Imperial German gunboat Jaguar in Kayachau Bay off Sintago. Neither was hit. The first carrier-launched airstrike was the Tondrin raid in July 1918. Seven Sopwith camels launched from the converted battlecruiser HMS Furious damaged the German airbase at Tonder and destroyed two Zeppelin airships. The development of flat-top vessels produced the first large fleet ships. In 1918, HMS Argus became the world's first carrier capable of launching and recovering naval aircraft. As a result of the Washington Naval Treaty of 1922, which limited the construction of new heavy surface combat ships, Most early aircraft carriers were conversions of ships that were laid down or had served as different type of ships, such as cargo ships, cruisers, battle cruisers, or battleships. These conversions gave rise to the U.S. Lexington-class aircraft carriers of 1927. The Japanese Akagi, and the British courageous class. Specialist carriers' evolution was well underway, with several navies ordering and building warships that were purposely designed to function as aircraft carriers by the mid-1920s. This resulted in the commissioning of ships such as the Japanese Hosho in 1922, followed by HMS Hermes, and the burn in 1927. During World War II, these ships would become known as fleet carriers. Then came World War II. The aircraft carrier dramatically changed naval combat in World War II because air power was becoming a significant factor in warfare. The advent of aircraft as focal weapons was driven by the superior range, flexibility, and effectiveness of carrier-launched aircraft. They had greater range and precision than naval guns, making them highly effective. The versatility of these carriers was demonstrated on November 1940, when HMS, Illustrious launched a long-range strike on the Italian fleet at their base in Toronto, Toronto, signaling the beginning of the effective and highly mobile aircraft strikes. This operation in the shallow water harbor incapacitated three of the anchored six battleships at a cost of two torpedo bombers. World War II in the Pacific Ocean involved clashes between aircraft carrier fleets. The Sunday, December 7, 1941, Japanese surprise attack on the American Pacific Fleet at Pearl Harbor Naval Air Base was a clear illustration of the power projection capability afforded by a large force of modern carriers. Concentrating six carriers in a single unit turned naval history about, as no other nation had fielded anything comparable. However, the vulnerability of carriers compared to traditional battleships, when forced into a gun range encounter, was quickly illustrated by the sinking of the HMS Glorious by German battleships during the Norwegian campaign in 1940. This newfound importance of naval aviation forced nations to create a number of carriers in efforts to provide air superiority cover for every major fleet in order to ward off enemy aircraft. This extensive usage led to the development and construction of light carriers. Air escort aircraft carriers such as the USS Bogue were sometimes built, were sometimes purpose built, but most were converted from merchant ships as a stopgap measure to provide anti-submarine air support for convoys and amphibious invasions. Following this concept, light aircraft carriers built by the US such as the USS Independence represented a larger, more militarized version of the escort carrier although with similar complement to escort carriers they had the advantage of speed from their converted cruiser hulls the United Kingdom 1942 design light fleet carrier was designed for building quickly by civilian shipyards and with the expected service life of about three years They served the Royal Navy during the war and was the hull design chosen for nearly all aircraft carrier-equipped navies after the war until 1980s. Emergencies also spurred the creation or conversion of highly unconventional aircraft carriers. CAM ships were cargo-carrying merchant ships that could launch but not retrieve a single fighter aircraft from a catapult to defend the convoy from a long-range land-based German aircraft. Now we go into the post-war era. Before World War II, International Navy treaties of 1922, 1930, and 1936 limited the size of capital ships, including carriers. Since World War II, aircraft carrier designs have increased in size to accommodate a steady increase in aircraft size. The large modern Nimitz class of the US Navy carriers has a displacement of nearly four times of that of the World War II era USS Enterprise. Yet its complement of aircraft is roughly the same, a consequence of a steadily increasing size and weight of individual military aircraft over the years. Today's aircraft carriers are so expensive that nations which operate them risk significant political, economic, social, and military impact if a carrier is lost or is even sent to a potential crisis zone or used in conflict. Modern navies that operate such aircraft carriers treat them as the capital ship of the fleet, a role previously held by the sailing galleons, frigates and ships of the line and later steam or diesel powered battleship This change took place during World War II in response to air power becoming a significant war factor in warfare, driven by the superior range, flexibility, and effectiveness of carrier-launched aircraft. Following the war, carrier operations continued to increase in size and importance supercarriers displacing 75,000 tons or greater have become the pinnacle of carrier development. Some are powered by nuclear reactors and form the core of a fleet designed to operate far from home. Amphibious assault ships such as USS Tarawa and HMS Ocean serve the purpose of carrying and landing Marines and operate a large contingent of helicopters for that purpose. Also known as commando carriers or helicopter carriers, many have the capability to operate Vestal aircraft. Lacking the firepower of other warships, carriers by themselves are considered vulnerable to attack by other ships, aircraft, submarine, or missiles. Therefore, an aircraft carrier is generally accompanied by a number of other ships to provide protection for the relatively unwieldy carrier, to carry supplies and perform other support services, and to provide additional offensive capabilities. The resulting group of ships is also termed as a battle group, carrier group, carrier battle group or carrier strike group. There is a view among some military observers slash experts that modern anti-ship weapon systems such as torpedoes and missiles have made aircraft carriers obsolete and too vulnerable for modern combat. On the other hand, the threatening role of the aircraft carriers have a place in modern asymmetric warfare, like the gunboat diplomacy of the past. Furthermore, aircraft carriers facilitate quick and precise projections of overwhelming military power into such local and regional conflicts. A total of 41 carriers are in active service within 13 navies. 27 of these aircraft carriers carry fixed-wing aircraft, with 20 of these operated by the United States Navy. And 14 carriers solely deploy helicopters. Most navies do not have aircraft carriers. Those that do usually operate only one or two aircraft carriers. The USA, as a superpower, is a single exception with 11 supercarriers and 9 amphibious assault ships in service. Two aircraft carriers are currently undergoing sea trials before entering the navies of the United Kingdom and China. A further 9 aircraft carriers are under construction and are expected to be commissioned between 2018 and 2024 in the navies of China India, Italy, South Korea, Turkey, Great Britain, and the United States. China. The Type 001A carrier for the People's Liberation Navy of the People's Republic of China was launched on April 26, 2017. The vessel is set to undergo fitting out and sea trials for several years, before it is commissioned sometime around 2020. The name of the aircraft carrier was not revealed at the launch ceremony, although early reports have speculated the aircraft carrier will be named Shandong, after the province and peninsula of the same name. While its predecessor, Liaoning had been used largely as a training ship since it entered active service in 2012, The Type 001A for the People's Republic of China is expected to be used in regular military operational service. On December 31, 2015, a spokesman for the Chinese Ministry of Defense confirmed that China is designing and building its second aircraft carrier, Type 002. It will be China's first supercarrier with a displacement of about 85,000 tons. In 2015, media reports stated that both an EMALS and a steam powered catapult were constructed at the Handukan Naval Base for testing. This is thought to indicate that the Type 002 class, as well as future plan carriers, could possibly be Catbar carriers. The construction of the first Type 002-class aircraft carrier started in February 2016 for the Chinese. A Chinese website stated that plans were being drawn up to build a Type 003 giant nuclear-powered supercarrier with a 110,000-ton displacement essentially a larger version of the Lion Ling and its pattern indigenous to the type 001A and 002 carriers, and would be the largest aircraft class carrier ever built. For the type 003 class aircraft carriers, it will likely adopt the electromagnetic aircraft launch system. Next, we have India. In December 2009, the Republic of India, then Indian Naval Chief Admiral Nilmar Kumar Verma, said at his maiden Navy Week press conference that concepts currently being examined by the Directorate of Naval Design for the second indigenous aircraft carrier are for a conventionally powered carrier displacing over 65,000 tons and equipped with steam catapults rather than the ski jump on the Gorshkalev Varamapditya that the Russians have to launch fourth generation aircraft. In August 2013, Vice Admiral R.K. Dewan, while talking about the detailed studies underway on the IAC-2 project, Said the nuclear propulsion was also being considered. The Indian Navy also evaluated the Electromagnetic Aircraft Launch System, also known as EMALS, which is being used by the United States Navy in their latest Gerald R4 class aircraft carriers. General Atomics, the developer of EMALS, was cleared by the US government to give a technical demonstration to the Indian Navy officers who were impressed by the new capabilities of the system. The EMALS enables launching varied aircraft, including unmanned combat aerial vehicles, or UCAVs. The Indian Navy's goal is to have a total of three aircraft carriers in service with two fully operational carriers, the third in retrofit. Next is Italy. On June 17, 2017, construction commenced on the Republic of Italy on the Trists for the Italian Navy. It is expected to replace the Giusepsi Garibaldi around 2022. Trest will be equipped with helicopters and attacked aircraft. It will be one of the two largest vessels of the Italian Navy along with the Cavour. Russia. Speaking in St. Petersburg, the Russian Federation on June 30, 2011, the head of Russia's United Shipbuilding Corporation, said his company expected to begin design work for a new carrier in 2016 with the goal of beginning construction in 2018 and having the carrier achieve initial operation capabilities by the year 2023. Several months later on November 3, 2011 the Russian newspaper Izvestivai reported that the naval building plan now included the construction of a new shipyard capable of building large hull ships after which Moscow will build two 80,000 tons full loaded each nuclear powered aircraft carriers by 2027. The spokesperson said one carrier would be assigned to the Russian Navy's northern fleet at Murmansk and the second would be stationed with their Pacific fleet at Vladivostok South Korea. The Republic of Korean Navy, also known as South Korea, believes it can deploy two light aircraft carriers by 2036 and expand its blue water force to cope with the rapid naval build-ups of neighboring China and Japan, according to their na- a Navy source. Turkey is next. In the Republic of Turkey, the Anadolu is an amphibious assault ship being constructed for the Turkish naval forces, which participate in the North Atlantic Treaty Organization, also known as NATO. Construction began April 30, 2016, at the shipyard of Sedef Shipbuilding and is expected to be completed in 2021. The vessel is intended to meet the various needs and requirements of the Turkish Armed Forces, such as sustaining long endurance, long distance military combat, or humanitarian relief operations, while acting as a command center and flagship for the Turkish Naval Forces. The United Kingdom. Two Queen Elizabeth class Stovall aircraft carriers have been ordered for the British Royal Navy. HMS Prince of Wales is under construction and HMS Queen Elizabeth is undergoing sea trials before acceptance. They will be able to operate up to 40 aircraft in peacetime with a tailored group of up to 50 and a displacement of 70,000 tons. The ships are due to be commissioned in 2017 and 2022, respectively. Their primary aircraft complement will be made up of F-35B Lightning IIs, and their ship's company will number around 680, with the total complement rising to about 1,600 when the air group is embarked. Defensive weapons will include the Phalanx. F- CIWS for anti-aircraft and anti-missile defense, 30-millimeter automatic small-caliber guns and miniguns used for fast attack craft. These two ships will be the largest ever built for the Royal Navy. Finally, the United States. The current United States Navy fleet of Nimitz-class carriers will be followed into service, and in some cases replaced, by the projected 10-ship Gerald R. Ford-class. The Ford-class ships will be more automated in an effort to reduce the amount of funding required to staff, maintain, and operate the supercarriers. The main new features are implementations of the electromagnetic aircraft launch systems, which will replace the old steam catapults, and unmanned aerial vehicles. With the deactivation of the USS Enterprise in December 2012, followed by decommissioning in February 2017, the U.S. fleet temporarily comprised only 10 active supercarriers until the USS Gerald Ford was commissioned on July 22, 2017. On July 24, 2007, the U.S. House of Representatives Armed Services Sea Power Subcommittee recommended seven or eight new carriers, one every four years. However, the debate has deepened over the budgeting for the 12 to $15 billion Plus $12 billion for research and development for the 100,000-ton Gerald R. Ford-class carriers, compared to the smaller 2 billion, 45,000-ton American-class amphibious assault ships able to deploy squadrons of new F-35B warplanes, one of which is already active, another of which under construction, and nine more planned. Now on to their structure. Carriers are large and long ships. Although there is a high degree of variation depending on their intended role and aircraft complement, the size of the carrier has varied over history and among navies to cater to the various roles that global climates have demanded from naval aviation. Regardless of the size, the ship itself must house their complement of aircraft, with space for launching, storing, and maintaining them. Space is also required for large crews, supplies, food, munition, fuel, engineering parts, and propulsion. U.S. supercarriers are notable for having nuclear reactors powering their systems in propulsion. This makes the carrier reasonably tall. The top of the carrier is the flight deck where the aircraft are launched and recovered. Over the starboard side of this is the island where the air traffic control and bridge are located. The constraints of constructing a flight deck affect the role of a given carrier strongly as they influence the weight, type, and configuration of the aircraft that may be launched. For example, assisted launch mechanisms are used primarily for heavy aircraft, especially those loaded with air-to-ground weapons. Catabar is the most commonly used on United States Navy supercarriers, as it allows the deployment of heavy jets with full loadouts, especially on ground attack missions. Stovall is used by other navies because it is cheaper to operate and still provides good deployment capabilities for fighter aircraft. Due to the busy nature of the flight deck, only 20 or so aircraft may be on it at any one time. A hangar storage several decks below the flight deck is where most aircraft are kept, and aircraft are taken from the lower storage decks to the flight deck through the use of an elevator. The hangar is usually quite large and can take up to several decks of vertical space. Munitions are commonly stored on the lower decks because they are highly explosive. Should the comp- compartment they are in be breached, usually this is below the waterline, so that the area can be flooded in case of emergency. Next comes the flight deck. The flight deck of an aircraft carrier is the surface from which the aircraft take off and land, essentially a miniature airfield at sea. On smaller naval ships, which do not have aviation as a primary mission, the landing area for helicopters and other vertical takeoff and landing aircraft is also referred to as the flight deck. The official U.S. Navy term for these vessels is air-capable ships. The Early Flight Decks The first flight decks were inclined wooden ramps built over the forecastle of warships. Eugene Eli made the first winged air takeoff from a warship from the USS Birmingham on November 14, 1910. Two months later, on January 18, 1911, Eli landed his Curtis Pusher on a plane platform on the Pennsylvania anchored in the San Francisco Bay using the first tail hook system designed and built by circus performer and aviator Hugh Robinson. Eli told a reporter, it was easy enough I think the trick could be successfully turned nine times out of 10. On May 9, 1912, Commander Charles Sampson became the first man to take off from a ship which was underway when he flew his short S-27 off HMS Hibernia, which was steaming at 12 miles per hour. Because of the takeoff speed of early aircraft was so low, It was possible for an aircraft to make a very short takeoff when launching ship was steaming into the wind. Later, removable flying off platforms appeared on the gun turrets of battleships and battle cruisers, starting with the HMS Repulse, following aircraft to be flown off for scouting purposes, although there was no chance of recovery. On August 2, 1917, while performing trials, Squadron Commander Edwin Harris Dunning landed a Sopwith Pup successfully on board the flying off platform of HMS Furious, becoming the first person to land an aircraft on a moving ship. However, on his third attempt, a tire burst as he attempted to land, causing the aircraft to go over the side, killing him. Thus, Dunning also had the dubious distinction of being the first person to die in an aircraft carrier landing accident. The landing arrangements on the USS Furious were highly unsatisfactory. In order to land, aircraft had to maneuver around the superstructure. Furious was therefore returned to the dockyard hands to have a 300-foot deck added aft for landing, on top of a new hangar. The central superstructure remained, however, and turbulence caused by it badly affected the landing deck. The first aircraft carrier that began to show the configuration of the modern vessel was the converted liner HMS Argus, which had a large, flat wooden deck added over the entire length of the hull, giving a combined landing and takeoff deck unobstructed by superstructure turbulence. Because of her unobstructed flight deck, Argus had no fixed conning tower and no funnel. Rather, exhaust gases were trunked down the side of the ship and injected under the fan tail of the flight deck which, despite arrangements to disperse the gases, gave an unwelcome lift to aircraft immediately prior to landing. The lack of a command position and funnel were unsatisfactory, and Argus was used to experiment with various ideas to remedy the solution. A photograph in 1917 shows her with a canvas mock-up of a starboard island, superstructure, and funnel. This was placed on the starboard side because the rotary engines of some early aircraft created unique torque, which pulled the nose left, meaning an aircraft naturally yawed to port on takeoff. Therefore, it was desirable that they be turned away from the fixed superstructure.